0: Hello, I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and welcome to episode 23 of my Crisis to Opportunity podcast. This episode is the third of four in which I'll explore with you the importance of attitude in how you respond to a crisis. The topic for this episode is Rent to Own. This is a metaphor I use to help people understand why ownership lies at the heart of how you approach a crisis. Here's a question. Which do you treat better? A car that you rent? or a car that you own. Clearly, you take better care of the car that you own. Why? Well, because it's yours. You've invested in it financially and emotionally. You want the car you own to perform its best and last a long time. So you take care of it by having regular checkups and tune-ups. You get it washed, vacuumed, and polished so it looks really good. There's an expression that relates here, pride of ownership. You're proud of owning your car, so you put time and effort into its care and maintenance. Just as the engine of your car propels you toward your destination, ownership of a crisis is the engine that drives you toward its resolution. There's a big difference in how you approach a crisis when you don't take ownership of it or the outcome compared to when you take full ownership of both. From the motivational speaker Sean Stevenson, until you take ownership of your life, you will always be chasing happiness. Taking ownership of a crisis is hard to do. In some cases, a crisis may feel too insurmountable to own. In other cases, it may be too threatening to accept ownership of a crisis because you may equate ownership with being responsible for it. Or you don't believe you have the capabilities or the resources to take ownership. Sometimes it's just easier to assume the role of victim and let other people take ownership of the crisis and hopefully they'll resolve it for you. A lack of ownership shows itself in blaming others for a crisis, making excuses to deflect responsibility away from you, avoidance of the crisis, lack of initiative in responding to a crisis, poor effort expended toward finding a resolution, and little resilience in the face of the challenges presented by a crisis. From Deepak Chopra, the author and public speaker, when you blame and criticize others, you are avoiding some truth about yourself. Ownership means that you believe that a successful outcome of a crisis is up to you. A successful outcome requires your initiative, your strength, your determination, and your perseverance. Often in a crisis, you do need support from others, but you understand that your success is on your shoulders and there are no guarantees. There are many degrees of ownership of a crisis, ranging from none to complete ownership. When you don't take ownership, there's little chance of having an impact on the resolution. You must simply pray to the almighty gods that things will turn out okay and fall victim to whatever ensues. In contrast, the more ownership you accept, the more power you have over how a crisis affects you. And while accepting total ownership doesn't ensure a positive outcome, you'll give yourself the best chance of overcoming a crisis to be sure. Ownership in response to a crisis is expressed in several ways. You take the challenge that the crisis presents to you seriously. You fully embrace an opportunity mindset because you believe it is the only possible starting place for a resolution to a crisis. You are thoroughly engaged in every aspect of the crisis, leaving no stone unturned and no detail ignored. Doing the very best you can in everything you do is a fundamental value that directs your approach to the crisis, regardless of the odds for a positive outcome. You see the crisis through a positive lens as an experience from which you can learn from and grow. You take pride in everything you do because you know that the journey can be rewarding, even when the outcome may not end up being the one you want. After reading these criteria of ownership, do you own your crisis? If you're still unsure, here are a few more questions to help you find out. Do you take responsibility for everything that you have control over that impacts the crisis? Are you proactive in looking for solutions to the crisis? Do you give your best effort consistently? And do you persevere in the face of the many challenges you're confronted with by the crisis? If you answered yes to these questions, you take ownership of the crisis with which you are currently presented. First, let me illustrate the importance of ownership in a crisis situation. And before I tell the story, let me let you know that it's a bit gruesome. Imagine you're miles from safety in the of Grand Canyon and find yourself trapped between a rock and a hard place. I mean literally. Aaron Ralston found himself in just this predicament when a boulder crushed his arm during a canyoneering accident. He was trapped for more than five days. He freed himself from these horrific circumstances by remarkably amputating his own arm with a jackknife. After surviving this life-threatening situation, Ralston decided to continue to engage in outdoor pursuits and many bucket list items with the help of a prosthetic arm. Even though it wasn't his fault that a boulder fell on him, Ralston was able to own the traumatic reality in which he found himself and took it upon himself to ensure his survival. He may have very well lost his arm, but he could very well have lost his life. I hope I've convinced you that ownership is essential for your successful prevailing over a crisis you must own your crisis. It certainly sounds good in theory, doesn't it? It's one thing to think about ownership though, and it's an entirely different thing to actually gain and maintain ownership every day that a crisis dominates your life. So, at a practical level, what does it mean to own a crisis? From the well-known speaker and professor, Brené Brown, if you own this story, you get to write the ending. The first step is to own your mind. A key theme of this podcast is that the greatest ally you have in response to a crisis is your mind. If you're your worst enemy, you have no chance. Owning your mind means that your thoughts, emotions, and reactions are on your side and work to your benefit. If you can own your mind, you eliminate the crisis mentality, which is often the greatest obstacle when facing a crisis. Moreover, By owning your mind, you create in yourself an opportunity mindset that reframes the crisis as a challenge which ultimately sets the stage for a positive and determined response to the crisis. From John Steinbeck, the Nobel Prize winning author, this I believe, that the free, exploring mind of the individual human is the most valuable thing in the world. You must also own your understanding of the crisis. To gain full ownership of the crisis, you must have a clear sense of all its facets and complexities. This knowledge includes its causes, its effect on you, and what you need to know about the crisis, who you can enlist to help, and anything else that will take you toward a successful resolution. I encourage you to be relentless in exploring the crisis far and wide by asking questions, researching topics, and being open to suggestions and opinions that range from conventional to out of the box, to those even considered to be truly out there, because desperate times may require desperate measures. Also, you want to own the controllables. As I've noted earlier in my podcast, there are a lot of things related to a crisis that you can't control, such as other people, natural disasters, and the financial markets. At the same time, there's often much in a crisis you can control, which include yourself, your knowledge, resources, access to information, and much more. Because the odds in a crisis are often stacked against you, you must ensure that you marshal every controllable you can and use it to your advantage. From the legendary comedian Milton Berle, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. You can also own the details of the crisis. There's an old saying, the devil is in the details, that's used to highlight that little things are important and problems arise when they're overlooked. In other words, details can be the difference between success and failure in any endeavor, including a crisis. When faced with a crisis, start by examining the basic facts to develop a general understanding of what it presents in your life. Although this is a good foundation, you can't stop there because it is not the broad strokes that make a masterpiece. As you begin to address the crisis, you want to uncover and pay attention to its details. This can make a real difference in how you respond to it. At its broadest level, the idea of owning the little things involves making sure that the crisis takes priority in your life. This involves ensuring that you are making choices that best serve the goals related to the resolution of the crisis. These decisions aren't always easy, particularly when a crisis presents itself because our natural tendency is to flee from it in the form of denial and avoidance. Additionally, the chances are that your life is already busy, balancing your career, family and other activities. As a result, you may not feel that you have the time or energy to devote to exploring its details. Still not convinced about the importance of details? Well, let me tell you another story. In 1999, a spacecraft team and a flight team at NASA were attempting to put a spacecraft in orbit around Mars. On the day it was sent into orbit, the spacecraft overshot the target distance and disintegrated on the spot. During the investigation into what caused the mishap, it was discovered that NASA's software made the calculations based on metric units, that is, Newton seconds, but the thrusters on the orbiter were using English Newtons, foot pound seconds. The result of not correcting this detail? The $125 million orbiter burned in Mars' atmosphere. There are also little things related to the demands of a crisis that can have a big impact. The fact is that a lot of what you do as you pursue resolution of a crisis is boring, tedious, exhausting, and sometimes painful. Examples might include reviewing your health records, financial statements, insurance policies, and a plethora of rules and laws it can be easy to convince yourself that the little things don't matter that much and it won't hurt you to address them half-heartedly or not at all. But the reality is that details do matter and that doing them tepidly or skipping them altogether hurts your chances of overcoming the crisis. From Charles Swindoll, the author, the difference between something good and something great is the attention to detail. Lastly, you want to own your plan. Once you've collected, collated, synthesized, and analyzed all relevant information, gathered all useful resources, and considered all available options, it's time to make firm decisions about the road toward a desirable resolution to the crisis. Once you've made your decisions and formulate a plan of action, it's time to fully own it. This phase of dealing with a crisis is the most difficult. Execution of a plan to surmount a crisis can wear you down as it co-ops your time and focus, drains your motivation and energy, and will result in a lukewarm effort, missed opportunities, and probably a less than desirable outcome. Yet, this is the most important step because it is where the rubber meets the road. In other words, this is the final determinant of the ultimate impact that the crisis has on you. I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and thanks for listening to episode 23 of Crisis to Opportunity and be on the lookout for Episode 24 in the near future.